Well, good morning, Orchard. We have a good problem happen this morning. We ran out of newsletters because so many people came. Let's celebrate that. That's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> if you might have an extra newsletter, maybe they'll come grab one from you. But hey, take out your Bibles this morning. Turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As you are turning there this morning, I just want to point out something that we need to celebrate even now. Uh, we're having our first baptism weekend of the year today at 1 o'clock. We have over 50 people that are planning to be baptized this afternoon. Can we just praise God for that? That's why we're all wearing our baptism shirts today and people that have said yes to Jesus are following him in believer's baptism and they're going public with their faith. And so, man, we're just so pumped and excited for all those that are going to be uh, baptized today. We're excited about that. Uh, today we are wrapping up and concluding our four-week series we kicked off at the beginning of the year called I Choose because basically what are we today? We are a result of the choices and decisions that we have made in the past make us who we are today. And if we want something different in the next few months or at the end of the year, then we've got to make some intentional choices today. The first week, just by way of uh, uh, reviewing where we've been and what we talked about, the first week we talked about making the choice of choosing purpose over popularity, uh, that this year we want to make a choice to please God more than everybody else because you can't make everybody happy, but you can make God happy, amen? So we're going to choose purpose over popularity. Uh, the second week we talked about choosing discipline over regret, disciplining ourselves in our lives, choosing discipline over regret because uh, the definition of discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want the most. Last week we talked about choosing surrender over control. There's some things that are beyond our control. We just need to give them up to God and God alone. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Don't lean on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge Him and He will what, church? Direct our path. Today, our final choice we're going to talk about is choosing the important over the urgent. I choose the important over the urgent. Let's say that together. I choose the important over the urgent. One more time. I choose the important over the urgent. Very important choice. Let me ask you this question by a show of hands. How many of you have ever said, I wish I had more time for fill in the blank? You ever said that? I wish I had more time for? We've all said, I wish I had more time for my kids. I wish I had more time uh, to spend with God, to pray, to be in, in the Word of God. I wish I had more time to serve. I wish I had more time uh, to work out and take care of my health. I wish I had more time for my marriage or my friends, or I wish I had more time to travel. But the problem is that we allow the urgent things to take place over the important things of life. We've got, you know, the yard to do and dishes and diapers and bills and chores and work projects. And then, of course, we've got to keep up on our social media you know, our Facebook account posts and our tweets and all those kind of things, and they crowd out. We allow the urgent things to crowd out and take advantage of our time, and we miss some important things. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of times today when you ask people the question, you know, you see somebody, how you doing? And the common response today is busy. How you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. How many of you respond like that? I'm busy. Always busy. You know, you never really hear somebody when you ask them, how you doing? And say, man, I'm just chilling. I'm just relaxed. You know, I'm bored. I don't have anything going on. No, we are all so busy. I heard uh, one guy say it this way. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. He'll get you distracted with some urgent things and you cause you to miss some important things and priorities in, in life. And I've, I've tried to learn in my life to discipline myself to, to not say this. I don't have time for whatever. I try to not say that statement. I don't have time for fill in the blank, whatever it is. Because the truth is, if we're honest, we've all been given the same 24 hours every day. 
God doesn't give a little more time to some people, a little less to others. We've all been given 24 hours a day, the same amount of time in a week, the same amount of time in a month. We all have been given the same hours this year. We should not ever say, I don't have time for you fill in the blank. Because you have this in your notes as a key thought. You need to understand this. It sets the context for today. Is this not true? We have time for what we choose to have time for. Isn't that true? We have time for what we choose to have time for. And if it's important enough to us, we will have time for it. We will make time for it. And so today, with God's help, this last choice we're going to make is to say, I choose the important over the urgent. I'm going to make time for the important things in life. The important things instead of the urgent things. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, if it's urgent, doesn't that mean it's important if it's urgent? Well, not necessarily. Let me give you some examples. Uh, If you're in business and you have an angry customer that you have to deal with, that's urgent. But what you should do is build systems so that you have happy customers. That's more important. If you're with me, say yes. Uh, If you, uh, you know, go to start your car and the engine just dies on you and your car won't start, you have an urgent problem. You've got to go to the mechanic and get your car fixed. But what would be more important is that you change the oil regularly and you take care of your car so it doesn't become urgent. If you wake up and you're really sick, maybe you've been working yourself to the bone, you haven't taken care of your body, you haven't taken care of yourself and you're sick, you've got an urgent situation. You go to urgent care. You go to the doctor. But what's more important is that you regularly take care of care of your body so that your health doesn't become an urgent situation. Let's take your finances, for instance. Maybe uh, you get a bill in the mail and they say, if you don't pay your mortgage this month, we're going to foreclose on your house. That's an urgent situation. But what's more important is that you live within your means and you have a budget and you stay current on your bills. If you're with me, say yes. This is a very key point. You need to understand, if we're going to make the choice of choosing the important over the urgent, you need to understand this. If you choose to focus on that which is important, you will have less things that become urgent in your life. And only a couple of you got that, so I'm going to say it again. I don't know if you're sleeping or what, but you need to hear this. If you choose to focus on the important things in life, you'll have less things that become urgent in your life. And that's why today we're going to choose the important over the urgent. You know, you could say it this way. You can get up and run the day or the day will run you. You've got to make some choices. So today we're going to look at a, a story in the Bible in, that illustrates the choice between the important and, and the urgent. And it involves Jesus and two sisters. Jesus is going to unexpectedly, it seems, in the context, show up to the house uh, of this lady, and her sister is there, and Jesus shows up, and they have a decision to make. Are we going to choose what's most important in this moment, or are we going to choose what is urgent in this moment? It perfectly illustrates our choice today between the important, choosing the important, over the urgent. Let's look at it in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, and we'll also put it on the screen. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha, everybody say Martha, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So this was her home, but her sister was also there. Her sister, Mary, everybody say Mary. So we got these two sisters, Martha and Mary. It's Martha's home. They're there. And and Jesus shows up. Her sister, uh, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. And so they they show up. Martha welcomed Jesus into the home. Her sister, Mary, stops everything she's doing, and she takes time to sit at the Lord's feet and listens to Jesus to spend some time with him. 
But Martha, as we're going to see in the story, starts freaking out. It's kind of like some of us do when someone unexpectedly shows up at our house. You know, someone who shows up unexpectedly, maybe we just got a short amount of time, notice that they're coming over. What do we do? We start throwing things into the closet, putting things under the bed. We get out the really nice candle that we never burn. We put up the towels that we're never allowed to use. Uh, We turn off whatever we're listening to, put on some worship music, especially if Jesus is coming over. We get spiritual real fast, right? And Martha's freaking out. Oh my gosh! I've got this unexpected guest, and of all people, it's Jesus. I mean, can you imagine if somebody told you when you left church today, Jesus is coming over this afternoon? And, and Martha is just freaking out. Mary drops everything she's doing to be at the feet of Jesus. And so then Martha sees that Mary is just sitting at the Lord's feet listening to him, and she gets upset. And it says in verse 40, but Martha was distracted. Everybody say distracted. She was distracted. Martha was distracted. What was she distracted by? The tyranny of the urgent, by the urgent to take care of the house. And, and Jesus says she was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She wanted to impress Jesus with her cooking skills, evidently. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. And what we see happening here is Martha missed the important because she was so busy focusing on the urgent, and and, and she gets upset by it, and she she says to Jesus, Jesus, won't you tell Mary to get to work and help me? She tattles on her sister. Sisters are good at that, right? She tattles on her sister. Why? Because she was distracted by all the urgent that she thought she needed to do to get the house just right and fix the nice meal for Jesus. Jesus. And because she was so distracted by the urgent, she missed what was most important, which was being able to spend some time with Jesus. Because what was most important was that Jesus was in the house. And I just wonder how many of us have been distracted by the urgent things of life, and because of it, we're missing the important things of life. Because we're distracted by the urgent. Martha chose to focus on the urgent. Mary chose to focus on on what was important. And Martha didn't think what Mary was doing was fair and didn't think it was right. So she complains to Jesus. Well, Jesus is gonna respond to this. Which side is he gonna take? How does he respond to this? Verse 41, but the Lord said to her, to Martha, who had just complained about her sister Mary, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset and freaking out over all these what? Details. For some of you, unfortunately, that could be your life verse. You're worried, you're upset over meaningless things. You're letting the urgent things take precedent in your life over some important things. And Jesus just says, you need to chill out. There's only what? One thing worth being concerned about, Jesus says. And Mary has discovered it. This word discovered can also be translated chosen. Some of your Bibles may even say chosen. Mary has chosen it, and it will not be what? Taken away from her. Martha surrendered to the urgent, but Mary chose to not be distracted by the urgent. She chose to focus on that which was important. She discovered what was most important at that moment, which was time with Jesus. And Jesus makes this important statement. He says, and because she's focusing on the important over the urgent, it will never be taken away from her. This will not be a waste of time. This will last. This will bring meaning. This will be, bring fulfillment. This will bring satisfaction. 
And so taking this into account and applying this to our lives, keeping this real, you have this in your notes. Let me ask you this honest question. What's the most important thing that you've been distracted from pursuing? What's the most important thing in your life that if you're honest, you've been distracted lately from pursuing? Maybe it's like Martha. It's your relationship with God. You've been distracted by things and you don't have time to spend with Jesus. Maybe you've been so distracted by the urgent things of life that you're not spending the time with your kids that you need to cultivate a meaningful, lasting relationship with them. Uh, Unfortunately, for so many parents, they're so busy doing things for their kids, they're not doing things with their kids. And you know know, know how kids spell love? T-I-M-E. And that's something that if you invest in that, it will never be taken away. Maybe it's your marriage. You've been distracted by some things, and because you've been distracted from some things that are important, your marriage is, is struggling. Maybe it's your health, your finances. Maybe it's church. You know, you, you've been distracted by some things, and, and church is not always a priority. Now, I know you're like, hey, you're preaching to the choir. We're here today. Pastor, lay off of us. Yeah, you're here today. You know, here we are, January 29th. There's not a lot going on today. You know, Broncos aren't playing today. There's no playoffs today. Somebody's like, well, the Pro Bowl is tonight. Nobody watches that. <laughs> you know, the weather's nice, but it's not that great. I mean, to go out, you know, it's easy today to put the important first. But what's it going to be like when the weather gets nicer and the Broncos start playing and the kids are in things? And, you know, what's the most important thing you've been distracted from pursuing? Because I promise you this, I promise you this, I've seen it happen in my life. If we're not intentional with our choices, the urgent will always crowd out the important of our life. If we're not intentional with our choices, the urgent will always crowd out the important. And so today, with God's help, we want to make a decision. We don't want to be distracted by some things that don't last and miss some things that are so important. So we're going to, with God's help, choose the important over the urgent today. I want to give you three thoughts to help you. Three very practical thoughts. They're in your notes. I hope you'll write them down. If you want to choose the important over the urgent, how do we do this? One of the things I've learned to do in my life is this. Create artificial deadlines. If you're going to choose the important over the urgent and you're going to follow Mary's example instead of Martha's example, then I want to encourage you to create some artificial deadlines. And some of you are looking at me like, okay, what is an artificial deadline? Let me help you out with this because I want you to understand this. An artificial deadline is a deadline that's artificial. Okay? Did that help? That's what it is. Uh, Let me expound on a little bit more. Um, As the lead pastor of Orchard Church, one of the most important things I do in my role is to prepare God's word and to teach God's word, to preach God's word, to share the message every Sunday so that we can help people find and follow Jesus and you can grow in your walk with Christ. The most, one of the most important things I do every week is to be ready to deliver the Sunday message. Now, technically, when is my message due? Sunday at about 8.45 after the worship team is finished. Okay, that's technically when I have to walk out on the stage, open the word of God and bring the first message of the day. I hope you all know I don't wait until Sunday morning at 845 to get ready for the message. And, and let me, I may, this may surprise some of you. I also don't wait till Saturday night to get ready for the Sunday morning message. Let me tell you my artificial deadline that I've put upon myself for many years here at Orchard Church. My artificial deadline to have my message finished my part of the message done and then I give it to some people that do the PowerPoint and things like that but to have it done to have it studied have it prepared is Wednesday morning 
That's my goal. Wednesday morning. Wednesday at noon at the latest. That, because that's the, one of the most important things I do. Until I get that done, I can't focus on anything else. I can't, I'm distracted and everything else. And I have to get that done. Then I can focus you know, on the new building and the re- leading our team and, and building up leaders and, and other things and answering emails. I've got to get that. So I give myself an artificial deadline because it's that important. If you're with me, say yes. You, you guys do this, you, you, maybe not intentionally, but you've done this. Uh, let's say your work week is Monday through Friday, but you want to take an extra long weekend and you'd really like to leave the office uh, Wednesday and not have to come back Thursday and Friday. So you're going to try to cram five days of work into three days. Isn't it amazing that when you really want to do something, you, you find a way to do it, don't you? You're able to get in, done in, in three days what normally takes five days because you created an artificial deadline. You, you make faster decisions. You delegate some things that you should probably de- be delegating anyway. You say no something to some things you usually say yes to that you should probably be saying no to because you've chosen the important over the urgent. So if you're going to choose the important over the urgent, the first thing I would suggest is create some artificial deadlines so the important things get done first. Let me give you a second one. And this one has really worked its way out in my life. If you're going to choose the important over the urgent, you've got to be extremely selective with your yeses. You've got to be extremely selective with your yeses, what you say yes to and what you say no to. You've got to choose your yeses carefully and prayerfully. What are you going to say yes to? Because I believe this, the barrier for most people to a meaningful life today is not a lack of commitment. The barrier to a meaningful and fulfilling life for most people today is not a lack of commitment, it's overcommitment. People are way overcommitted. They're saying yes to everything. And a lot of times they're saying yes to unimportant things. They're saying yes to urgent things, which makes them have to say no to some important things. You have this in your notes, an important statement. Activity does not necessarily equal productivity. Isn't that true? Just because you're busy and just because you're active doesn't mean it's productive. It doesn't mean it's meaningful. It doesn't mean it's fulfilling. It doesn't mean that it's important. Martha in this story was very active and she was busy and she was running around the house doing all this stuff, but it wasn't important. It wasn't as important as stopping and spending time at the feet of Jesus. How many of you have a to-do list? You have a priority list, a to-do list? Okay, many people do. I'm going to make a suggestion that you have a to-don't list. Seriously. You need to have a to-don't list. You need to look at your week, you need to look at your month, and say, what are things I'm saying yes to that somebody else could say yes to are really not going to be meaningful five years from now? I'm going to have a to-don't list. There's some things I need to take off my plate and off my list. I'm allowing the tyranny of the urgent to take over, and I'm missing some important things. We've got to protect the important Amen? We've got to protect the importance. So as much as you have a to-do list, some of you need a to-don't list. You need to be more selective with your yeses. What are you saying yes to? And just to be very honest and very real with you guys, let me tell you kind of how this journey has happened in my life over the last 11 years since we started Orchard Church in our living room with a family of four 11 years ago. You know, when we started Orchard 11 years ago, I did everything. Shelly did everything. We had to do everything. We, we grew, uh, we didn't hire our first full-time uh, minister assistant until we were running 200 people. So, so we, did it, we did it all. Now here we are 11 years later. We're in three English services, one Spanish service, 24 kids classes, 16 on our staff. Um, the last two Sundays, and looking around today, we're probably going to break another regular Sunday attendance. The last two Sundays, we've averaged 1,800 in our four services here at Orchard Church. Can we just praise God for that? I mean, it's just blowing us away. And we've, 
We've had, uh, since the first of the year, we've already had over 100 people say yes to Jesus. We've helped people find and follow Jesus. Already this year. We praise God for that. Um, we, we feel, I'm not trying to brag here. I'm bragging on God, but, but I'm going somewhere with this. Hang with me. We, we've kind of done the math, and we believe that everyone in our community that considers Orchard Church their church, like if, if, if you ask, where do you go to church? They would say Orchard Church. It's at least 3,000 people. We know that because that's how many show up at Christmas and Easter. And that gives us a pretty good gauge. And so when someone has a need, or needs some counseling or a wedding or a funeral or a hospital or, or a need in their life, you know, they, they come and we want them to. And it's important that their need gets met. And now that we've gotten to this size and we're continuing to grow, I have people ask me sometimes this question. Pastor Doug, how do you do it all? How do you do it all? And you know what my answer is? I don't. I don't do it all. I can't do it all. I told you guys last week, I'm just one person. I'm not God. I'm not omnipresent. I'm not omnipotent. I'm just one guy. And I'm not a real big guy at that. I need some help. I can't possibly do it. Orchard Church did not get to the place it is today and will not get to the place that God wants us to be for his, king, his uh, kingdom pur- purposes. I'll get this out in a minute. By the third service, I get tongue-tied, y'all. I get tired. We're not going to get there if Pastor Doug does everything. And what I learned a long time ago in the scriptures is it's not my responsibility to do everything. Let let me tell you what my responsibility is according to what Paul said to the church in Ephesians 4.11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to who? The church. That's all you guys. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and pastors and teachers. I would consider myself a pastor teacher. Their responsibility, the pastor's responsibility is to do all the work and be at everyone's beckoning call. I said that in the first service and someone over here said amen. I said, okay, you need to pay close attention to this verse. The pastor's responsibility, when I say pastors, we have a team of pastors. We have six pastors on our staff, six ministers. What is our responsibility? It's to equip God's people, that's you guys, to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. I can't do it all. I'm not supposed to do it all. We're supposed to equip you guys to do it. We're the pastors, but all of us together are the ministers in this community. That's what we're supposed to do. And what I've learned over the last 11 years is I've got to be very selective with my yeses or I'm going to allow some urgent things to get in, in the way of some very important things. Like my relationship with God. My relationship with my wife. My relationship with my kids. Bringing the word of God to you guys effectively every Sunday. I need your help. I can't do it alone. I've had to be very selective. And it's been difficult and it's been a growing process and continues to be an ongoing process and challenge in my life. What do I say yes to and what do I say no to? I've had to be, if I'm going to choose the important over the urgent, I've had to be extremely selective with my yeses. One of our values here at Orchard Church is that we are church contributors, not consumers. And that I want to help you guys be a part of this ministry. And if I can just take a minute right here, and I just want to say a big thank you, first of all, um, to our ministry team, our, our full-time and part-time staff. We have 16 on our ministry team. And can we just give it up for them, man? They do an incredible job. They do. I mean, there's a lot of things that I get the credit for. People will be like, oh, this was so awesome, this happened. I'm like, cool, I didn't even know that happened. That's great. And, and, and I, I thank God because it allows me to not have to say yes to everything. 
We, we, I want to thank all our small group hosts. We just kicked off our spring small group semester. We have over 50 groups in our community meeting, building relations in groups of 10 and 12 and 14 in homes. I can't host 50, 55 small groups. That's not, that's not possible. But we've equipped you to do the ministry because I can't do it, do it all. And I want to thank all our small group hosts for t- helping us with the burden of ministry and caring and loving for people. Amen? <clears throat> and then there's our... Our disciplers, I mean, we have about 250 people growing all the time in our discipleship ministry where a man disciples another man to help him be grounded and grow in the word of God. And a lady disciples a lady. And I I can't disciple 250 people, but I can disciple somebody who disciples somebody who disciples somebody. And you can disciple somebody who disciples somebody and disciples somebody because disciples make disciples who make disciples. And and, and we're all working at this together. And and, and I've had to embrace this and understand this, that I can't do it all. There's things I used to be able to say yes to at Orchard Church that I can't say yes to. I wish I could. They're important things. What's important is that somebody says yes to them. On our staff or um, in our small groups or in our uh, discipleship ministry, you know, when our Orchard Church first started, as I told you, you know, we grew to 200 people before I added any staff at all. And so if you needed counseling, you got me, whether you liked it or not. You know, and I don't really claim to be that great of a counselor. My gifting is, is preaching and teaching, communicating God's word. I can counsel, but I don't think that's really my giftedness. And I counseled. Anybody need counsel? I counseled. I said yes to all the counseling because people need to be taken care of. And then it got to the point, true story, I was having to schedule people out three and four and five weeks on my calendar to meet their needs because I couldn't keep up with everybody. And we said, this isn't good. People have needs. They need to be met now. That's why we hired a care pastor who does all of our counseling. If you call for counseling, you're going to meet with him first. He's usually available that day day if the next day at the at the worst to get with you and get you the help you need i can't say yes to those anymore so i don't really do any of the counseling here at orchard church weddings weddings do y'all have any idea how many y'all are getting married Three thousand people which we're glad praise god for marriage but if i said yes to every because here's the here's the challenge it's not just you guys getting married you have friends getting married that don't have a pastor you have grandkids getting married that don't have a pastor and that's a great opportunity we want to provide that if i said yes to every wedding that comes along here at orchard church i'd be doing two and three weddings every weekend but we have five six pastors on our team that can say yes we that can do weddings i, I can't say yes to everything here's a real practical one um, you know used to when somebody go in the hospital you know, when we were just two or three years old uh, as a church, and there were a couple hundred people, if somebody go in the hospital, I would come visit you, and I would be able to go. And I knew everybody, and everybody knew me, and w- that's the way it was. 3,000 people now that call Orchard Church their home. There's somebody in the hospital all the time. Y'all need to take better, better care of yourselves. I can't, I mean, I, I literally could be at the hospital every day. And how could I prepare God's word in these things? So that's another thing that our care pastor does and, and some of our other ministers, and they, they go to the hospital. Here's the two times that it's kind of come to this here at Orchard Church because it's important that people in the hospital get cared for, amen? And so we have people that do that. Man, we have, we have disciples that show up at the hospital. We have small group people that show up at the hospital. We have other people on our team that show up at the hospital. If I show up at the hospital here at Orchard Church these days, here's the two times I show up. One, you're a very close friend of mine. I've probably known you for a long time. You've probably been in Orchard eight to 10 years plus. And I'm really not showing up as your pastor. I'm showing up as your friend. That's, that's, that's one. The second time that I show up at the, is the hospital, honestly, is if you're about to die. You guys don't want me coming to see you at the hospital. Trust me. 
I've actually, it's kind of humorous, I've actually shown up at the hospital with some people that have been in our church for 10 or 11 years. I've shown up as their friend. I walk in and they're like, am I that bad? Because they know I can't make all the hospital visits. But why am I saying all this? I've had to learn to be extremely selective with my yeses. And it's been painful and it's been difficult, but it's allowed me to make sure I keep the important in place over the urgent. Does that make sense, guys? I'm just, feels better to talk about this. <laughs> this is how, I, I, and I'm having to constantly work this out in my own life. I, I wish I could say yes to everything. I wish I could. I wish I could do every wedding and go to every house. I, I just can't. It's not possible. But somebody can. And somebody does. And you know, one of the values we have here at Orchard Church is that we give up things we love for things we love even more. Choosing the important over the urgent. You see, because here's what, one of the things I've learned about leadership. The best leaders don't do more. The best leaders do more of what's most important. The, what matters most. The best leaders don't do more. They do more of what matters most. The best, I would suggest, the best dads don't do more. They do more of what matters most. The best moms don't do more. They do more of what matters most. The, the best believers, the best Christ followers don't do more. They do more of what matters most when they say, with God's help, I'm going to choose the important over the urgent. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Choose the important. Create artificial deadlines. Select, be selective with your yeses. And then here's a very, very important one. You ready for this one? Be very important. Do first. If you're going to choose the important over the urgent, do first what matters most. Do first what matters most. Mary chose to do first what mattered most, which was spend time with Jesus. Martha didn't do that. In, in Matthew 6.33, it says it this way. I just quoted it. But seek, say it, church, first the kingdom of God. You want priority in your life? You want to know what's most important? It's right here. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which means to be right with him. Doing what Mary did in this story. Dropping everything and saying, the most important thing is to spend some time with Jesus. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things, all the other things, all the urgent things will be added to you. It's amazing how much life, how, how much smoother life goes when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness first. When we put God first before everything else. I promise you, if you put God first make that relationship your priority relationship, it's going to help your marriage to be better. It's going to help your relationship with your kids to be better. It's going to help your relationships at work to be better. When you seek Christ first, do first what matters most. This is why we encourage you guys, the first thing you should do every day is spend some time with God. Opening God's word, letting him speak to you, spending some time in prayer and talking to God. Doing first that which matters the most. Jesus said it this way in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. He was asking a question. The religious leaders said, teacher, to Jesus, which is the what? Most important commandment in the law of Moses. Okay, here it is. What's the most important? What, what should we do first? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. If you're going to choose the important over the urgent, if I'm going to choose the important over the urgent, I have to choose first to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and then love my neighbor like I love myself. You know, can you imagine how different this world would be today and all its chaos and everything that's going on 
if we all woke up every day and said, I'm gonna choose the important over the urgent. I'm gonna put my relationship with God first and my relationship with others second. That'd be, that would be a game changer, wouldn't it? This world would be completely different. If we do first what matters most, but we all fall into this trap of the tyranny of the urgent. And we say things, you know, well, if I had time, I would spend it with God. If I had more time, I'd spend time with God. I'd spend time with my kids. I'd, I'd have a date night with my, my spouse. I'd work out more. I'd get on a budget. You know, if I just had time today, I would go public with my faith and I'd get baptized. If I had time. We have time for what we make time for. If I had time, I'd get in a small group and build some relationships with other Christians to help me grow in my faith. If I had time, I would get discipled or I would disciple someone else and do the one thing Jesus told us to do, which was go and make disciples of all nations. If I had time, I would serve God through the church. I would, I would do, I'd serve the one who gave his life for me. And here's what I've learned in my life. I can make excuses or I can make progress but I can't do both. I gotta make a choice. Am I gonna choose the important over the urgent? We have time for what we choose to have time for. And we've gotta do first what matters most. We've gotta learn to do first what matters most. And I wanna illustrate this. And some of you probably have seen this before. If you haven't, you will not forget this illustration. Uh, Let's say that this container represents the hours that God has given us in any given day or any given week, month, or year. And I think we would all agree, we've all been given the same size container. We all get 24 hours in a day. We all do. It's the same size. And these little pebbles represent all the urgent things. You know, the emails and the phone calls and the social media and the TV shows and all the things that we let get in our, the hobbies, things that we just allow to to fill up our life and get in the way of things that are most important. And what happens is we, this is our day and we've allowed all these urgent things to fill up our day because we haven't chosen the important over the urgent. And then we say, but there are some important things that I I, I still have some room for some important things. And so I want to make sure I build those into my life. And so, you know, my career is important because I need to take care of my family provide. And so I I try to put my career in there. Well, that fits pretty good. And then, uh, you know, my finances, I want to take care of my finances because, you know, that's important that I have some money. And, And then, you know, my health, I, I need to start working out this year, so I'm going to try and squeeze that in there. It's kind of sticking up a little bit, and, and, and that's in there. And so I got three, but the problem is I, got, I still got three more big rocks. These big rocks represent what's most important. And so let's see, what do we have left here? Well, we've got our kids. You know, can we squeeze them? No, they, they don't, well, maybe kind of barely fit in there. They're kind of over. But now I still got my marriage left. That's important. Amen? Men, you better say amen. You're going to get an elbow. Uh, and then there's God, the most important of all, and neither one of these even fit now. The kids barely even fit, and the marriage won't fit, and God won't fit, and yet these are some of the most important things, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, because we've allowed the urgent things to fill up our life, and then we try to squeeze in the important things, and if we're going to choose the important over the urgent, what do we have to do? We have to do first what matters most. Well, what matters most? Well, I think if we're a Christ follower, we'd have to say God is first. Amen? We just learned that. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart. So we're going we're gonna to put that. So this is our, tw- so we're going to wake up. It's a brand new day, a fresh start. Monday morning, what are we going to do first? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put God first. I'm going to spend some time with him. And then second, right behind God, that's my marriage. I'm going to make sure that I, I make time uh, for my marriage, for my spouse. Uh, and then my kids, you know, I'm going to make sure that I get that in there. That's very important. So I'm going to do first what matters most. And then I'm going to make sure I'm taking care of my, my health. That's important. Uh, my career. Uh, so I can provide for my family, my finances, live on a budget so I can live within my means so I'm not overextended. So I'm going to put that in there. And look, wow, that, that fits because I did first that which mattered most and it fit into my day. But I know what some of you are thinking, but there's still all these urgent things that have to be done in a day, right? I mean, there's emails to be answered and phone calls and things that happen. And so let's see, if we do first what matters most, do you think that this possibly might all fit in here? Let's, let's, let's find out. We'll see. Let's see what happens when we do first what matters most. Let's see if the urgent will fit. Some of you are like, it's not going to fit. It's not going to fit. Wow. Look at that. It all fits. That's not a magic trick. That's reality. That's what happens when we say, I choose the important over the urgent. When we say, I'm going to do first what matters most. It's amazing how things work out. And I'll just tell you guys, I don't uh, claim to always get this right. It's an ongoing challenge in my life. But if I could just take you back for a moment to about 25 years ago. I've been in full-time vocational ministry for a little over 25 years. Yes, that makes me old. And when I went into ministry, you know, I grew up in a church and a, a denomination where pastors did everything. They said yes to everything all the time. And many of them down the road lost their marriages they lost their kids. When their kids grew up and got out of the house, they walked away from God. I've heard pastors say, you know, if you put your ministry first and your church first, God will take care of the rest. That sounds good, but it doesn't work out in reality. So when Shelly and I started a family about 25 years ago or so, we made a decision that we're going to do our best to choose the important over the urgent. Because what good does it do if we're successful in ministry and leading a church, but we lose our marriage? What good is it if we have a a, a growing and successful church, but we lose our kids in the process? And I, I can't say that I've always got this right, but we've tried really hard to be very intentional, to do first what matters most. And every once in a while, God blesses us with a reminder of how that's worked out. I received this text about a week ago from my 19-year-old daughter. My daughter's 19, my son's 21, he's off in college. And uh, some of you know that she went through a really um, difficult health challenge. She was in the hospital, uh, very, very ill, very serious uh, the week after Christmas. And we had to say no to everything but to be with her. I mean, it was, it was quite the time. And um, after going through that, she wrote us this text. And she said, I can't thank you guys enough for always being there for me and loving me. 
I literally could not do this without your love. I'm so lucky and I don't tell you enough how grateful I am. I know I haven't been very fun to be around lately because I'm going through a lot, but I want you to know how much I appreciate you. You are amazing parents and you honestly do all the right things. I love you, Caitlin. And I I read that to you guys to tell you that that didn't happen by accident or coincidence. We've had to and have to continue to, to make wise choices, to choose the important over the urgent, to do first what matters most. And with God's help, you guys can make that decision today as well. Martha chose the urgent over the important, and she missed out. Mary chose the important over the urgent. And Jesus said it would never be taken away from her. My relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, no matter what happens in life, that can never be taken away. The time I've spent with them, the time I've spent with with Jesus, that can never be taken away. But we have to stop and say, I'm going to choose the important over the urgent. I'm going to make sure I do first what matters most. I got to get the big rocks in the right place. Father, may we apply this to our lives today. May we be doers of your word and not just hearers. May we choose the important over the urgent. May we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto us. So we continue in an attitude of prayer right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you would say that God has spoken to you today and that you say, I I know I need to make this choice. I want to choose the important over the urgent. I got some big rocks that I've got in the wrong place. I need to get them in first. Can I pray for you? Will you slip up your hand all across this auditorium? God bless you. Hands everywhere. Hands everywhere. Father, I pray that we would make a decision today to create some artificial deadlines to make sure the important things get done first. I pray that we would be extremely selective with our yeses, that we would say no to some things so we can say yes to the best things, that we would do first what matters most, starting with our relationship with you, our relationship then with our spouse, with our kids, doing first what matters most. Lord, help us to apply this to our life. Help us to be able to look back a few months from now, the end of this year, and say, you know, that four-week series I choose was a turning point in my life as I put these into practice, and I'm forever grateful for them. As we continue in attitude of prayer, some of you may be here today, and you haven't honestly made the most important decision that you could ever make, the most important choice. As we wrap up this series called I Choose, have you, ch- have you chosen Jesus? Have you said yes to Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior? That's the first and most important choice you could ever make, seeking first Him. Because until you do that, nothing else is going to work out right. It's not going to fall into place. It's going to be very difficult, very worrisome, very tiresome. And some of you today, God is speaking to you. That, that voice you're hearing, that feeling you're feeling, that's, that's the Spirit of God saying, it's time to say yes to Jesus. It's time to choose Jesus. You know, I I think back in my life, there's a lot of choices I've made in my life that I wish I would have never made. But there's one choice that I have never, ever, ever for a moment regretted, and that was the day when I was eight years old that I said yes to Jesus. I've never forgot it, and I've never regretted it for one day. And neither will you. And I want to give some of you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus right now. 
Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. One of the ways we call on the Lord is through prayer. And I want to lead you in a prayer. I'll help you with the words. It's not a magic prayer, magic words, but if you believe it and it comes from your heart, you can say yes to Jesus today. You can choose Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. You can seek Him first. And you'll be amazed how other things will work out in your life. That won't be perfect, but He'll be with you and He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And He'll give you supernatural strength to get through whatever you face. Whatever He brings you through, too, He'll bring you through. I promise you. So if you're ready to say yes to Jesus today, would you pray this prayer with me from your heart to God's? It goes like this. Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you today. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I'm saying yes to you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and choosing me. Thank you. Thank you. So we continue with heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I never want to do that. But if you just said yes to Jesus, if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it, it's the greatest decision you could ever make. And I'd love the privilege and the honor to pray for you, that you would grow in your journey and walk with Jesus from this day forward. So right now, when no one looking around but myself, would you just slip up your hand for prayer? Yes, I said yes to Jesus. I prayed that prayer. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, young person here. God bless you, ma'am. Uh, yes, I believe a, a young man next to you. God bless you. God bless you up here. Lift them up nice and high. I don't want to miss anybody. God bless you. One, two, three, four people over here. One, two, three people over there. God bless you. Amen. 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 If I missed you, God didn't miss you. God sees your heart. God hears your prayer. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you and we rejoice. We stand in awe every Sunday in every service that people here at Orchard Church are continuing to find you and follow you. May we never get tired of those decisions being made. May we never just take it for granted. May may we never just think, well, that's just the way it is because it's not. We know that this is only through the power of your word and your spirit that calls on people and, and calls them from death to life. And Lord, we celebrate that today. We celebrate all those who are going public with their faith in baptism today that have said yes to you. And Lord, we pray that we would continue to make choices that would be honoring and bring glory to you and be good for us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Can we celebrate one more time those saying yes to Jesus today? Amen. Amen. Um, you know, we've had several people ask us in all of our services, is it too late to be baptized today? And the answer to that is, no, it's never too late to be baptized. If you've said yes to Jesus, whether you got signed up or not, you just show up. All the information is right there in your newsletter. It's at the Brighton Aquatic Center indoor pool, 1 p.m. today. It's right across from Vicon Elementary. Uh, man, we, we hope we have 60, 70 people. So if you know it's time, uh, to be baptized, you said yes to Jesus and you need to follow him, then that's an important priority in your life. Don't let the urging get in the way today. Just, just do it. Say it's time. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get my swimsuit, whatever you got to do, and, and show up. Um, also, next Sunday, uh, we are going to have um, our annual Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we've done this several times. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes, yeah, it's going to be good. Unfortunately, our team is not playing, most of us, but we're still going to have Super Bowl Sunday um, because... 
when we've done this in the past, the past few years, it's been one of our biggest outreach days of evangelism here at Orchard Church. It's been the, the next biggest outreach day of salvations next to Christmas and Easter, believe it or not. Uh, people like their football. And, and there are friends, coworkers, neighbors that would never say yes to come to church on a regular Sunday, but they'll come because it's football Sunday. We're going to hear uh, life-changing testimonies from current NFL players, some of them that are in this year's Super Bowl, how Jesus has changed their life. It's going to be powerful. Last year, we we had 40, 50 people accept Christ. So let's take advantage of that and use this for an opportunity to advance the kingdom and help people find and follow Jesus. So let's just pack this place out next week. We're giving out all kinds of uh, free Bronco stuff and Von Miller jersey. So we still have some invites at the host tables before you leave. Uh, so pick those up. I read somewhere this week that last year over 7,000 people accepted Christ in churches across America on Super Bowl Sunday. So let's be a part of that. Amen? Amen? So we look forward to, to that next week. Uh, right now, we're going to worship the Lord through our tithes and our offerings. So God bless you uh, through your giving. Um, if you are a first-time guest, hopefully fill out that guest connection card. You can drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by. Um, we uh, want to thank you for being our guest. We're going to send you a thank you note in the mail, a free gift from our church. If you made a decision for Christ, let us know about that as well so we can send you something in the mail. Drop those in. Uh, but right now, we're going to check out what else is going on around here at Orchard Church. So I love you guys and have a great afternoon.